Welcome to the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast, the best way to keep up with stats, news, storylines, and everything that's going on in the world of professional volleyball. My name is Dan, and today we're going to talk about some great playoff matches that happened in the Polish League, in the Italian League, in the Brazilian League, in the German League. We just had a lot of good playoff volleyball, many leagues coming to an end. And we have our first major league that has ended, and that is the Plus Liga in Poland with Zaksa, Kedzerz, and Kozle coming home with their second medal in two years, defeating Oniko Versava in three matches, winning 3-2, 3-0, 3-1. So congrats to Zaksa, Kedzerz, and Kozle. Maybe not the toughest playoff road ever faced in the history of the Plus Liga, but, but they got it done nonetheless. Before we talk about the rest of those big matches, I'm going to talk about some transfer news that just happened over the weekend. The first one is Portuguese setter Miguel Taveras will join Lubin in Poland. Taveras joins a team that barely avoided relegation in the last season, going 7-17 and for 12th place. They actually probably would have been relegated, was it not for that huge scandal in Szczesin, where they didn't have enough money to pay the players and they had to drop out of the Plus Liga. But that's a great pickup for Lubin, especially for a team, again, near the bottom of the standings. Tavares was voted the most valuable setter of the French A-League last season. Not the most competitive league in volleyball, for sure, but it did have guys like Michael Seda, Angel Trinidad, Javier Gonzalez, Matthias Valkyrs. Some good setters playing in the French League. Miguel Tavares, though, the best among them for the last season at least. He'll definitely be an improvement in Lubin over Kurt Tubal, in my opinion, one of the weaker elements of their team. I think last year Lubin's talent was better than their record, and I think having a better setter will be a good first step in fixing that. I also think they need to now improve their domestic Polish players they have on their team because the issue wasn't really their foreign talent last year. And the biggest transfer bomb we've gotten all season, superstar Italian libero, Domenico Cavaccini, the most underrated libero in the game, is improving. He's not stuck on the perpetual bottom feeders, Castellana Grota anymore. He's moving up in the world. He's going to Latina, where he will be spending the next season playing libero for them. Now, Cavaccini, obviously, maybe not the best libero in the world, but I think, I think he is super underrated. He's been among the top passing liberos in the league in terms of passing percentage the last couple of years even though he's been playing on Grote and also the dude produces so many amazing digging highlights really good with his feet really quick really hard worker love to watch the guy play I'm glad he's going to get a little bit more recognition on Latina I thought he was a big snub from the Italian Volleyball Nations League wide roster I think because he's kind of getting so good later on in his career that People haven't really realized it so far, and the Italian National Federation kind of wants to develop younger liberos. But in my opinion, I think Cafficini would be a good player to even consider for your Olympic qualifying roster or your World Cup roster or your Eurovolley roster. Maybe bring him to one of those tournaments because, honestly, in my opinion, I think he could be considered better than Salvatore Rossini. Obviously, he's not Kalachi, but among that second tier of guys, I think Cafficini should at least be looked at but anyway, Latina had a great signing, picking him up. Glad he's moving on to a better team, where hopefully 
more people will realize how dang good this libero is. We have some rumors of American opposite Ben Patch making the move to Tabate, who you may remember is in the Brazilian finals right now. Ben Patch, assuming this rumor is true, which there's a very good chance it might not be, will replace Leandro Visoto, former Brazilian national team member, but getting a bit up there in age now at 36 years old. Signing Patch, though, is a bit of a risky move for next year. We've seen some incredible, incredible play out of Patch. Obviously, he's a fantastic athlete, can hit the ball at a very high contact point and hit it very well occasionally. That's the thing. He's just not the most consistent player ever. We've seen a lot of times this year for Berlin that fellow American opposite Kyle Russell is actually getting playing time over him. It is especially apparent the last couple games in the German Bundesliga finals where Kyle Russell has played the vast majority of minutes in the series against Friedrich Schaffen. I still think Patch has a room to improve. I think he hasn't hit his ceiling as a player yet, but I don't think he's going to reach the lofty potential that a lot of people thought he would reach when he was coming out of BYU. But we'll see. He always seems to play a lot better for the USA national team than he does for his clubs. We have another roster announced for the Volleyball Nations League, and this one is from Bulgaria. All your favorite Bulgarians are there. The Bratov brothers, the Penchev bros, Nikolay Nikolov, Svetsol and Gotsev, Todorov, Yosefov, Sokolov is back after missing most of last summer with that injury. Salparov is playing. There, were, I think there were some rumors that he was going to leave the team this year. So all, all your favorites are there. There's a couple of young guys that are definitely, I think, going to contend for a couple of those spots. Martin Tanisov, who had a great season in Shoma, probably the most athletic player on this Bulgarian team, one of the most athletic outsides in volleyball, in my opinion. Guy jumps out of the gym. Rado Parapinov, who recently claimed second place in the NCAA championships with the University of Hawaii, was one of the best players in the NCAA this season, maybe behind a couple of those LBSU guys like DeFalco and Onsing, but other than that, he was head and shoulders above most of the competition in the States. He posted unreal efficiency for an opposite hitter. He had four kills per set on 58% kill percentage, just looked unstoppable on an NCAA level block. We'll see if he can continue that production against higher levels in the international game. Personally, I think it'll be a pretty good successor to Sveden Sokolov, maybe not quite as good, but he definitely has the physical tools to at least match Sokolov in attacking. Yeah, so we'll see about those guys. Hopefully they'll get a chance in the Nations League. Probably neither of them going to be a huge part of Bulgaria's Eurovolley campaign or Olympic qualifying campaign. We'll see. Maybe if they play really well at VNL, they'll get a chance, but Bulgaria, definitely a national team that is known to seriously favor their older players. So that was all the big news that happened over the weekend. I'm sure transfers will start to pick up a little bit more once we end the club season and start heading into national team season when clubs can kind of focus more on the off-season stuff. So why don't we start with our winners of the weekend now. First nomination for winner of the weekend is Long Beach State University in California for winning back-to-back NCAA men's volleyball championships. Not an easy feat by any means, but they had the team to do it. 
some great future Team USA guys in there, including TJ DeFalco, Kyle Onsing, Nick Amato, Josh Tuaniga. Very talented team, mostly seniors, been playing together for a while. But this was their fourth matchup of the season with the University of Hawaii. Won the first two, lost the third one just a couple weeks ago, and then finally beat the University of Hawaii in the NCAA Finals. DeFalco was the leading scorer for LBSU with 24.5 points. You might be wondering why they get half points in the NCAA box scores. It's because they count block assists as half a point. Not a bad way of doing it, if I do say so myself. They also give you assists. Teacher DeFalco had four assists. Also digs. DeFalco had five digs. Box score stats, which I think are actually really useful. Please, professional volleyball leagues of the world, can we please catch up to amateur volleyball in the States? Can we please get some real box scores? Thank you, because that would make being an analyst a lot easier. And I think a lot of fans would appreciate a little bit deeper of a dive into the stats for each of the players. On Hawaii's side, the aforementioned Parapanov was their highest score at 17 points, albeit on a less efficient mark than TJ DeFalco. I think DeFalco definitely established himself as the best player in the game, the best player in NCAA men's volleyball. This guy's really good. He's going to have a big impact on Team USA this summer. Whatever pro team he's on, I think he can contribute pretty much right away. I think he's going to come as a complete player, and I think one of the things is he can pass at a top-tier league level, which I think is a skill that a lot of players coming right out of the NCAA struggle with for their first few seasons. It'll be interesting to see where some of these players land with their pro contracts. On Hawaii, Van Tilburg and Parapinov and Gassman, I think, will definitely find suitors right out of the gate. The Worsley bros are really good, but I don't know if they have the desire or the skill set to play pro. We'll see. Still waiting on them. And then on Long Beach State, obviously, TJ DeFalco, probably going to have a long and successful pro career. We've seen Onsing already play with Team USA, which is a huge stamp of approval if you want a pro contract. Tuaniga, definitely good enough to play pro and has a bit more size than Worsley, which is helpful for the pro game. Also, a really big serve. And then Nick Amato is the last guy on LBSU that I can see being successful overseas as it's generally a little easier for middles to find contracts than everyone else, even if they don't pay quite as much. Another nomination for winner of the week is Fekel Novi Urengoy for beating Zenit St. Petersburg in the battle for third place in the Russian League. It only took two games from Fekel winning their first one 3-2 Second match, 3-1. Even though I don't really agree with the whole play another entire playoff series to determine third, fifth, and seventh places, it is good to see Fakel get their first Champions League berth ever. They don't have the budget of some of the big-name Russian teams like Zenit St. Petersburg, Zenit Kazan, Novosibirsk, those kind of teams. So they did it the hard way. They developed homegrown talents in Igor Kliuka and Dmitry Volkov, who have turned out to be one of the best outside pairings in pro volleyball. So far, it seems like Dmitry Volkov is 100% set on staying, so I think this Champions League berth really improves the chances that Igor Kliuka will also stay. It would be a shame if they finally make it to the Champions League and then Igor Kliuka decides to go to a different team. Obviously, his choice to do whatever he wants. If they're paying him a lot more, I wouldn't blame him. 
but it would be really fun to see this team in the Champions League. I think they would definitely be medal contenders if they can keep this core together, maybe try and get Eric Shoji for another year because he was really good in kind of shoring up some of the passing difficulties of their outsides. Hopefully Kluka stays, we'll see. And the ultimate winner of the weekend, I kind of have to give it to Zaxa by default for winning the Plus Liga. Not the most exciting uh, tournaments in Poland. Surprisingly, they actually the closest Zaxa got to losing was in the semi-final matchup with Zawierci, where they lost the first match and then were down two sets to zero in the second match at Zavrici, which is one of the loudest and most passionate home crowds, then end up winning the next three sets there, closing out the series 3-1, going on to the finals versus Oniko Versava, where they won 3-0 in matches. While the Zaxa team we saw in the playoffs wasn't as good as the one that went 21-3 in the regular season, it was still enough to do the job against a very depleted Warsaw roster. It's too bad that Bartosz Kirek and Bartosz Folek were both injured before the playoffs started. I think that iteration of Rosava, who was playing really well together, could definitely have taken down this current iteration of Zaxa. I'm happy for Zaxa. I really like that team. Sam Daru, Pavel Zatorski, Ben Taniyudi. How about Rafael Shijimura, who has been stuck on the bench in Zaxa Kazurjan Kajli the last two seasons, but now got his chance, kind of in the playoffs, was playing above Alex Schlifka a national Polish team staple, playing above him in the finals and doing a really good job of it, named MVP for his performance in this tournament. Great job by Shijimura. I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that he should definitely get an invite to the wide roster for Volleyball Nations League. Not sure if they can still change that. Not sure if the one they sent already is like the official locked-in one, but this kid definitely deserves to get a chance. He showed what he's capable of on Sunday, still very young at only 23 years old, so he can still get even better. Heading to Katowice next season, I think they got a huge deal, and I'm looking forward to what this guy can do in the future. So yeah, Zaxa winning the Polish championship for the second year in a row. Congrats to them. Winners of the week. Now we're going to go to the losers of the weekend. First one, Wilfredo Leon versus Andrea Lucetta. After the game that Chikuchine Lubicivitanova won on Sunday versus Perugia, tying up the series 1-1, by the way, in case you weren't aware of that match already. But anyway, Wilfredo Leon made some maybe overly confident remarks after the match, kind of saying that this game didn't matter, that the refs were kind of affecting the outcome of the game, that the interviewer didn't really know what he was talking about, and that Perugia will have no trouble closing out the series not really giving a lot of credit to Lube, in all honesty, basically saying that he was doing fine. They were just going to win the series. There's nothing to worry about. And there was some criticism on Italian Facebook and Italian volleyball forums, especially from former volleyball legend and Italian announcer Andrea Lucetta. And I know I'm kind of a Leon fanboy, but I'm actually going to side mostly with Leon on this one. I think there's nothing wrong with what he said. I think he was very confident after the game that he's going to win the series. He knew that a couple of balls go differently in that game against Kuchine Lubitschivdanova. They could have had a good chance to win it. I think that so many post-game quotes from athletes, especially here in North America, are so boring and robotic. I actually like it when players get a little personality, take things a little personally, and really you can tell how much they want to win. And I think that was the case with Leon. And the one point especially I agree with 
is that he was basically like, go look at the stats. We did a good job. We just missed a few key balls here and there, but go look at the stats. I hit a good percentage. I was serving really well. I was blocking really well. And Lucetta's like, I don't need the stats to see how good of a player you are. And yes, stats are never the full story when analyzing a game, but in the case of Leon, you can see what his hitting percentage is. And it's, if it's good, there's not really a lot you can say to convince me that he had a bad hitting game. I think Lucetta's argument, obviously, maybe a bit was lost in translation for me, but I don't think Perugia's struggles have been a result of poor play from Leon. We'll see. I don't, I don't even know if this is a loser of the weekend. I just kind of wanted to talk about it and didn't know where else to fit it. Another nomination for loser of the weekend is American Airlines, the flight provider in the United States of America for losing the men's junior national team luggage on their way to Peru to play in the U21 Pan Am Cup, which eventually resulted in a direct tweet from USA Volleyball to American Airlines asking what the heck is going on and could they please get their bags back because they needed their uniforms to register for the Pan Am Cup or else they would be disqualified, which given the state of the U.S. men's junior teams recently may have actually been a blessing in disguise. But nonetheless, we've all been there. We've all had airlines lose our luggage and be very unreceptive when it comes to trying to help out. And of course, in classic corporate fashion, they only respond when USA Volleyball tries to get involved directly. The junior national team eventually got their bags back, but obviously not without a big hassle. And they are competing in the U21 Pan Am Cup looking for a qualification berth to the U21 World Championships happening this summer in Bahrain, I believe it is. The USA Junior is currently not qualified, so very important tournament for them. Would have been terrible if they got disqualified. Our ultimate loser of the weekend, pretty easy choice this week. It's that Perugia trainer, assistant coach, or whoever he was, trying to sneakily throw a water bottle into the crowd at Civitanova Marche. He might have gotten away with it too, if the whole thing wasn't caught on camera. Apparently, it was in retaliation to the crowd in Civitanova Marche throwing small objects at the Perugia bench, which might have happened, but if you are on the Perugia bench as a professional, you cannot interact with a crowd like that, obviously. If it's really bad, maybe try and get security involved. They're right behind you. They could probably identify the fan that's throwing things at the bench. Don't try and sneakily toss a water bottle backwards. You could hit a kid or something. Like, come on. If you guys want to watch the video, I'll try and include it in the description on Podbean and on 51vb.com because it is quite funny. He, he really thinks no one will see who did it. So yeah, guy throwing water bottle. You're the official 5-1 volleyball loser of the weekend. Now on to performances. Yo, Andrew Leal. In that game against Perugia, 15 for 29 hitting, 3 blocks, and 2 aces. Great performance for Yoandri Leal. He's definitely been inconsistent in this playoffs, sometimes being subbed out for better passers, but he did a good enough job at passing during this game. Perugia obviously spin serving a lot, which is a lot less accurate than float serves, so they aren't really able to target Leal quite as much. And honestly, Leal might even be better at passing spin serves than float serves anyway. But yeah, 15 for 29 hitting, great efficiency. Was hitting the pipe ball a lot in this game. Him and Bruno have a great connection with that run. And Lube Civitanova with a huge win against Perugia. 
winning 3-1, 25-19, 22-25, 25-22, 25-19 to even up the series at one apiece. Remember, in the Italian League, it's a best 3 out of 5. So basically, we are down to a best 2 out of 3 scenario. Going back to Perugia on Tuesday, back to Eurosoul Forum in Civitanova Marche on Saturday, May 11th, and then the finals taking place on Tuesday, May 14th, back in Perugia. Huge home court there for Perugia. I think that first seed was so important to Perugia this year. Interestingly enough, they won the entire playoffs last year without winning a single away game. They did it all at home, so doing it the hard way, but that's a pretty devastating home court advantage. So we could be heading for an exact repeat of last year's finals where Perugia won games 1-3 and then 5 to close out the playoffs and win the Scudetto. Another great performance was from William Jona, the setter for Cesi Sao Paulo, also a backup setter for the Brazilian national team, even at his advanced age, still a really high-level player. He scored an ace in a block in the win against Tabate, but also helped his team to 53% team hitting and did a great job of playing some really good back row defense, setting up Lipe and Alan Souza really well, and just helping his team to an important 3-1 win over Tabate. Both teams with two wins apiece now, heading into a deciding Game 5 in the Brazilian League Final, happening on Saturday, May 11th. Alan Souza was also really good for Sao Paulo, hitting 17 for 29. Two blocks, a few errors, five service errors, and four attacking errors. Not the best, but he is a fantastic out-of-system option for Sao Paulo, as I've mentioned several times before on the podcast. Lipe with the MVP for this match, though, with 10 kills on 18 attempts, three aces, and two blocks. On the other side of the net, Luca Relli was fantastic with 20 for 27 hitting, but unfortunately, that wasn't quite enough for his team to close out the series. But the ultimate performance of the week, Matej Biniak on the team that just won the Plus Liga Finals, hitting 13 for 20 with no attacking errors, two aces for 15 total points. Not an eye-popping number, but Matej Binik was such a big part of what made Zach Sekizer Jankajle so good this year. With Ben Taniyudi setting, Zatorski passing, he was basically an automatic kill every time. Really good at switching his attacks up, can hit that deep shot to go off hands, can hit that really sharp tee shot. Just an excellent middle attacker. Will definitely be a big feature on the Polish national team this summer, maybe even usurping Novikovsky in that starting role, we'll see. But there's no way Zaxa would have gone as far as they did without the great play of Matej Biniak. And always, of course, that serve is absolutely devastating and has gotten Zaxa out of so many tough situations during the year. Apparently, him going to Lube Chivitanova is pretty much a done deal for next season. So Zaxa will be really hard-pressed to find not just a Polish middle, but any middle who can match the production of Biniak. I believe that covers most of the results from this weekend's exciting playoff volleyball. The only other match I want to talk about took place in the Bundesliga, where Friedrich Schaffen took down the Berlin Recycling Volleys 
three to one. So far, we've seen each team win their home games. In this match, Sossenheimer was huge for Friedrich Schaffen hitting 13 of 25, adding two blocks, which is kind of a rare occurrence for David Sossenheimer. We saw late season edition Raphael Redwitz come in to set after the first set, did a good job of sharing the ball. Middles played well for Friedrich Schaffen too. Philip Collin hitting 7 of 12. Andreas Takvam hitting 7 of 11. Always good when your middles are pouring in at that many points. For Berlin, we didn't even see Benjamin Patch or Nicholas Legoff or Dustin Wadden this game. I bet you wouldn't have expected to hear that at the beginning of this season. Kyle Russell and Moritz Richard did their best to try and get some offense going for Berlin. But other than a third set where they won 25-13, to 13, not a great game from them. We'll see though, they tend to be a much better team on their home court. Don't have to wait long for the next game. It is happening on Wednesday, May 8th in Max Schmeling Hall in Berlin. Friedrich Schaffer could end it here, also a best of five series, but my prediction is that Berlin will win that, take it to a fifth. Also coming up very soon is Zenit Kazan versus Cubs ass Kemerovo. Kemerovo won the first two matches, if you remember from my last podcast, in Kazan. So they only need one win in the next three matches in order to win the Russian Super League title. A huge deal because Kazan has only lost one in the last 10 years. Game three, probably their best bet to do it. They're playing at home. They have a lot of momentum. They had a little bit of rest in between games two and three. Kemerovo is really far east in Russia, so Kazan having to travel a really long way, kind of being out of their element. Looking forward to seeing what happens in that one, happening on Tuesday, May 7th. French finals between Chaumont and Tours also happening on May 7th. We have that highly anticipated matchup between Perugia and Lube Civitanova. There's definitely some tension between these two teams, and especially their fans and their fan bases. That will take place on Wednesday, May 8th. Plus Liga, we are done, so no more Plus Liga games to announce, and we are not that far away from the Champions League finals, as well as the start of Nations League. Also, big shout out to Emoco Valle Conegliano for winning their third title in four years in the Women's Italian Super League. Really fun team to watch this year. You'll have another chance to check them out in the Champions League finals, where they will also play Navarra, which is the team they beat in the Italian League finals. So we'll see if Paolo Iganu and Novara can do a little bit better than they did in the Italian finals. Hope you guys have a great week. I hope you get to watch some of those exciting games happening, especially Lube versus Perugia. Pretty much every game in that series is going to be a classic. Hopefully we don't have too many more incidents and have some good, clean, fun, competitive volleyball. Thanks.